listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Welcome to Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel Podcast. It is Anthony and Aurora, and we are back to talk more What If on Disney+. Plus, Season 2 of What If, to be specific. Uh, another three episodes. And I feel like the difference between the first three episodes and these three episodes, Aurora, is that they are delving a little bit into the... I don't know, the kind of some of the things that we experienced in the first season of the show, or like it's getting back to some of those Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. storylines that we left off a little bit. Uh, One of them in a very interesting way that I just wasn't expecting at all, but we'll get to that episode when we get to it. So let's start instead with episode four. What if Iron Man crashed into the Grand Master? In 2012, Tony Stark saves New York from the Chitauri by redirecting a nuclear missile towards their mothership. However, the wormhole he used closes before he can return to Earth, causing him to crash land on Sakaar, where he is forced to stay by its ruler, the Grand Master. Stark interferes in a death race to save one of the racers, Korg, and encounters Gamora, who is sent by Thanos to kill Tony for stopping the Chitauri. Before Grandmaster's chief enforcer Topaz imprisons the pair, upon learning Gamora's purpose and vowing to stop the Grandmaster, Stark escapes, recruits Korg and Valkyrie, builds a new Iron Man suit, and challenges Grandmaster to a race for the title of Sakaar's ruler, which Grandmaster foolishly accepts. Uh, Though the Grandmaster tries to cheat, Stark ultimately wins, while Valkyrie defeats Topaz and melts the Grandmaster... As Valkyrie is crowned king of Sakaar, Stark convinces Gamora to forge her own path before joining her in leaving to confront and kill Thanos. In a mid credit scene, the still-alive Grandmaster begs Topaz to collect his new puddle form. Aurora, what did you think of episode four? I feel like the writers of the show have a like a camera in my house. Okay. <laughs> And they heard my conversations. Ah. Because I. Thor Ragnarok is my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. My favorite Marvel movie of all time. Yeah. And every time I, I've watched that movie way too many times, I'm too embarrassed to say how many. And <laughs> There's no shame um, <laughs> here, Aurora. It's fine to say 57. It is, it is, it is a lot. <laughs> so, but every time I watch that movie, I always think, wouldn't it be amazing to see Iron Man and Grandmaster? Ah, okay. 
and they gave it to me. Yeah, they somehow. did. <laughs> it wasn't exactly Robert Downey was, Jr., but it was Jeff Goldblum. It was Jeff Goldblum, and again, this guy that does this voice, he is that that, that does Iron Man's voice. He yeah. sounds exactly like Robert Downey Jr. It's amazing. It's a really good voice. Yeah, it's a really good impression. Uh, and the writing was very witty, like them just sort of bouncing off of one mm-hmm. another. It was really good. I, I liked it quite a bit. And you can tell Jeff Goldblum always has fun doing these sorts of things. He's always wacky. But I think he felt like he could go like maybe 10 steps further in animated form because he was just like <laughs> out of his mind this whole episode. I almost feel like they didn't have anything animated. And they're like, Jeff, you just we're going to give you some lines and you can just sort of like riff around them and just make up some things. And we'll just animate to you. We'll just we'll just draw mm-hmm, it like mm-hmm. to what you're doing because he was so he was so wacky in yep. this. Um, Tessa Thompson was Valkyrie, so that was cool that she was back. Josh Brolin said like three things as Thanos, but he was back as Thanos, <laughs> uh, so that was cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was uh, Cynthia McWilliams as Gamora and Mick Wingert as uh, Tony Stark. But yeah, this was this was fun for the most part. I mean, there were some. Right. Some things I guess you could sort of nitpick at, like Tony sort of getting Gamora to change her mind in like a 30-minute episode. Because uh, like we saw her shift in Guardians of the Galaxy, but it took, you know, it, it kind of took a while for that to happen. A while. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but here Tony Stark gets her to do it in like 10 minutes. Um, we didn't see it, though. Yeah, not even really. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I did like this, but it, it also felt kind of silly. And But it was sort of... Yeah. It was sort of like this follow-up. I remember when they did the Guardians of the Multiverse thing, and we were both wondering, like, why didn't they tell Gamora's backstory? And I guess they're doing it here, although they didn't really mm-hmm. finish telling it. I don't know. Right. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, I agree. It, this was kind of like a, like the fun episode. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This it is what... Like, it, there wasn't a lot of, like, substance there. It was just like a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah. This is what aired on Christmas Day, for the record. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. imagine you could have been spending Christmas with your family and watching Jeff Goldblum <laughs> just be the silliest goose <laughs> ever. <laughs> Uh, I mean, are there are there any better presents out there? I don't know, but this was their no. Christmas. This was no. their Christmas Day offering. So, uh, mm-hmm. what would you give episode four? And there was a, like an after credit scene where he's a puddle. Oh he's yeah, yeah, because she gets like, he gets melted bucket. with like the melt stick, <laughs> which I forgot about until I saw it in this episode. But I'm like, yeah, and he calls it a melt stick in Thor Ragnarok, I think. <laughs> Right. So funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, and that happens to him. He, it doesn't kill him. He just melts. He's like, ah, <laughs> melting. Like Jeff Goldblum would do. He doesn't even sound like he was hurt or like scared. No. He's it's, like, oh, this is like weird. he enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> He's just going to turn into that. Uh, oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, but that woman in Doctor Who, who's just like a face. Oh, yeah. Who just like wants to be moisturized me. Yeah. 
yeah. that's just going to be him after a while. Uh, so, what would you give episode four? I, I gave it a I gave it a four because okay. I this is something I I've always uh, mm. kind of like wanted to see. I was curious to see this interaction, and it happened. So I, I'm happy about that. All your dreams came true in this episode. Yes. Uh, I gave it a three and three quarters. I thought it was really fun. Uh, just some stuff felt a little forced a little too quickly. Like they pushed things together, like the Tony and Gamora thing. They pushed together a little too quickly, but Mm -hmm. it was fun. Otherwise it's a Korg always makes me chuckle. So that was always fun. Uh, when they, uh, when he introduced his champion and it was just some giant, elephant alien thing i thought for sure it was going to be doug because like Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. they've mentioned doug a few times but um i guess it wasn't doug it was something else but i do love that korg was like man why are you trying to kill me i thought we were i thought we were bros uh but unfortunately (laughs) uh twas not the case uh okay so episode five Mm -hmm. if my screen wants to cooperate with me which it does not uh what if captain carter fought the hydra stomper so this is a follow-up from the last time we saw captain carter uh and she got sucked into that portal and she came out of the other end unlike loki so like i don't know if people remember this but she uh like in the first avengers movie like loki comes out of the tesseract portal uh and in the Captain Carter What If episode, she comes out of that portal. Like, it was her and Steve trying to fight off the squid alien thing or whatever. And she goes through the portal, and then she comes out on the other end. Uh, and she's with, like, Nick Fury um, and then, like, in the in the future or whatever. So that's where this sort of right, picks right. up. So Captain Peggy Carter and Natasha Romanoff find Steve Rogers... Inside the Hydra Stomper armor aboard uh, the Lumerian Star, but he attacks them. A briefing with Nick Fury leads Romanoff to deduce that Rogers, who went missing in 1953, was captured and brainwashed by the Red Room, the same people who had captured and brainwashed Natasha when she was a child. Carter and Romanoff help Brock Rumlow protect Bucky Barnes from a uh, from Rogers before incapacitating him and traveling to a secret hideout in Scotland, where they learn that the suit is keeping Rogers alive, though each activation reduces his chances of survival. Steve offers to help Peggy dismantle the Red Room in the hopes of finding a cure before escorting her and Romanoff to a former KGB site. However, the group is ambushed by drones, and Black Widow assassins controlled by the Red Room's leader, Milena Vostikov, who is, uh, of course, uh, mm-hmm. Natasha's surrogate mom-ish, sort of, if you remember the Black Widow movie, mm-hmm. who reactivates Roger's brainwashing. While Romanov holds off uh, Vostikov's forces, Carter reaches out to Steve, who sacrifices himself to destroy the Red Room. Amidst this, Romanoff uses her grappling hook to tie uh, Vostikov to Roger's suit, killing her in the resulting explosion. As Peggy tries to find Steve, a portal suddenly takes her to a Renaissance-themed universe where she encounters its variants of Nick Fury and Wanda Maximoff. Uh, 
Aurora, what did you think of episode five? This was a a more substance episode. (laughs) Oh, for sure. There was a lot going Um, on here. Yes. Yeah. But I I like that it was, at the end of the day, just a romantic story. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, right. 100%. Um, I, and it felt like a movie. It felt longer than other episodes, too. Yeah, I think it was the same length, but it certainly did. And it, just felt, it just felt longer because of the, the whole story. It just felt like I was watching for longer than, <laughs> than it was. Yeah. I mean, um, it also had, it felt like it had elements of... The I mean, it, it had obviously had the elements of the Captain America movie, but with the roles swapped, um, just like their first episode did in season one. But this also had elements of like, and well, I mean, obviously included elements of the Black Widow movie with like the Red Room and like her mom and uh, yeah. the brainwashed widows and all of that stuff. But it also had elements of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, too, with like, right, you right. know, uh, with like Steve sort of replacing Bucky in that role. Uh, And he wasn't brainwashed by the Germans, but instead by the Russians, but it's similar though. Like it had, it had a lot of similar beats to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And maybe that's why it felt long, just because you recognize so many elements and you were piecing together so many stories. Yeah. Um, that it just because you're recollecting all this information, you're kind of like it feels longer. Mm-hmm. Um but I this is the this is the type of episode that I was expecting in What If season two. Yeah. That it is an episode that ties to an episode in uh, in a, an episode in this is season one. That's what I was expecting mm-hmm. from this season because there were a lot of episodes in season one that were kind of like felt like setups. For something else, yeah, um, and this is one of them. So for sure, um, I thought that was really cool. Um, I really liked the the whole scene in the the KGB town that they made set up to look like a, a like a nineteen fifties U.S. neighborhood or whatever, like suburbs. Super creepy, super creepy, super though. creepy with like the robots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I think, uh, gosh, who was it? Was it Natasha was like, I feel like I'm in a horror movie or something. Uh, and it was super creepy. Like their hands would like open and fire Mm -hmm. like little electric darts and stuff. But like, we got to see like badass Peggy Carter scenes, which are always great. Like every time I see these, it makes me so happy that we got to see her do this in live action, but it always Mm -hmm. kind of makes me want to see her do more. Because I really, really liked her uh, a bunch. So many people in this episode were reprising their role. Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter. Frank Grillo returned to play Brock Rumlow. Uh, uh, Sebastian Stan as Bucky. The two big surprises to me, though, were Rachel Wise returned to voice Milena Vostokov. Which was oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like of all the I people, thought, I thought it wasn't her. Yeah. I thought it wasn't her because she sounded so different. No, that was her. And uh, Elizabeth Olsen was here playing Wanda. Now, weird, nice. weirdly and amazingly, she is credited here as Wanda Merlin. 
which is really funny and awesome. Uh, well, I guess it makes sense if everything is sort of like Ren Fair, if it's like the Ren Fair universe yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> or yes. whatever. Um, that's really cool. Uh, we need the uh, we need the D and D universe where. Wait, wait, what is Nick Fury then? I don't know. He's still Nick Fury. He looked in like Nick universe. Fury. He just was in like a really fancy tunic, maybe I guess. He's like a, like, maybe he's like a like a rogue mage or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely a chaotic neutral. Oh, a hundred percent. At at best, a chaotic neutral. Um, yes, yes. But it's hard to say. Uh, so this he could, be, he could be chaotic good, chaotic good. He, he could, could he could yeah. he could swing that yeah. way. Wanda, I feel like it varies depending on the day. Uh, she could be a chaotic yeah. neutral or a chaotic good or a chaotic evil. Uh, just sort of <laughs> we, we sound like such nerds right now. <laughs> I know. Hey, you're the ones listening to the Marvel podcast, not us. Don't go calling us nerds, okay? Um, I feel like they will get those references anyway. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that I thought all of that fight scene stuff with the KGB site was pretty great. Uh, Steve sacrificing himself at the end, knowing that you know the suit was the only thing keeping him alive anyway even though he, he wanted to find that cure because he wanted to be with Peggy and, you know, all of that stuff about, you know, he wouldn't want to go on with anybody else anyway. It had it had to be Peggy. So sweet. I love that stuff so much. And yeah. um, this is this was one of the definitely one of the better what if episodes uh, they've made for sure. Any final thoughts on episode five and what would you give it? I gave this one a four too. I've been consistently giving fours mm-hmm. to all the episodes because I, I've, I, I liked all of them. I just haven't found the one that's like my top episode. Okay. Yet. Okay. Yes. I gave this a four. Also, mm-hmm. I thought this was excellent. Uh, okay, so the final episode we are going to talk about episode five. What if uh, Kahori sh- reshaped the world? Okay, so this one was really interesting. After Surtur destroys Asgard during Ragnarok, the Tesseract crash lands in a lake in the Hodasani Confederacy a pre- in pre-colonial America, giving it magical properties. The lake, that is. After numerous tribespeople disappear while interacting with it, it becomes known as the Forbidden Lake. In the late 15th century... A young, Moha- uh, young Mohawk siblings, Kahori and Huata, are hunted down by Spanish conquistadors who ransacked their village in search of the Fountain of Youth. While hiding inside a cave, Huata is captured and Kahori is shot, causing her to fall into the Forbidden Lake, which teleports her to another dimension where she is nursed back to health by her fellow Mohawk people. A villager named Atra... At- oh, I'm struggling with that name. Atrox, I believe it is, uh, explains mm. that the missing tribespeople were teleported to the Sky World, where they gained powers and immortality, but were unable to return home. As Kahori familiarizes herself with her newfound powers, the conquistadors enter the lake, 
believing it to be the fountain, and invade the sky world. Kohori stops them and forces the portal from the sky to the ground, and then returns home. She and the villagers defeat the conquistadors, rescue her people, and later force Queen Isabella to make peace. But shortly after, Strange Supreme emerges from a separate portal and approaches Kohori. Aurora, what were your thoughts on episode six? This was really cool. I thought this was, <laughs> was really, really cool. Really cool and beautiful too. Yes. Um, the, I mean, the animations are always beautiful, but like just the way that they portrayed um, Native Americans and how they are using their powers and incorporating it with nature. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was just beautiful. So I love that. And I love that at the end, they also like thanked, um, it seems that they uh, had input from actual Native Americans yeah. making this episode, which uh, they thanked them at the end, and I thought that was beautiful too. So yeah, um, there's going to be really cool. there's going to be more of that to come because there's a heavy there's there's a heavy Native American influence in Echo um, mm-hmm. as well, and I can't wait to start reviewing that show. So, and that, that'll, that'll come after, um, next week we've got one more, uh, series of what if episodes, and then we will move on to start talking about echo. Uh, but that'll be something we're going to see going forward. Um, yeah, continue with your thoughts. Cause I've got, I've, I've got a few things to say as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do. So I'm not that, uh, knowledgeable mm-hmm. <laughs> on, Whatever is happening in this episode, uh, I know that this is new, right? Yeah, she's a new character. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't know the meaning of what happened at the end. Mm-hmm. With like strange, is, is that oh op- yeah, is that open to interpretation or is that like actually connected to something? I think, I think he's recruiting her. For something, I think oh, this is. Okay. I think this is tied into something that's either going to happen before the end of the season because it really does feel like after these first three episodes, like we're diving into what if season one stuff. There was even stuff with the Watcher in the in the Hydra Stomper episode where mm-hmm. he's sort of like, I don't really do sequels because there's so many, there's infinite stories. He's like, but there's something about this Peggy Carter. Like this one in particular that I keep going back to, or whatever, and uh, I feel like it's going to be leading to something. And obviously, there was a lot of stuff with Strange Supreme. There was so many things, uh, yeah, like yeah. last season. And I feel like his appearance here has to be um, very meaningful in some form or fashion. Either either for the end of this season, or if they're going to do a third mm-hmm. season of this, maybe something tying into that. But I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it will be cool. This is like being a new character that's being introduced to this universe, I it would be cool to see her actually in like live action, like yeah. being introduced that way. Um but I I also like that most of the episode was in their language. Yep. Um and I liked how they incorporated, you know, um it's common history that uh the Spanish uh, colonists 
were looking for the fountain of youth and yeah. like how they use that as the source of power um yeah i thought i thought it was just really cool really yeah. cool perspective on this whole uh history that yeah happened. i love mm-hmm. the whole history i mean and, and she talked about kahori talks about how like the forbidden lake was like it should have been something that brought people together instead it was something that right. tore people apart people fought and killed each other over it and you know once again we see the tesseract giving people abilities or whatever because i believe that's what they said was like a piece of the tesseract ended up here and that's what you know gave people their powers the only the only nitpicky question i have is that the spanish conquistadors who went through did they not get powers or maybe they did and they didn't realize they had them and she wonder, sort of she sort of dropped them before they had a chance to discover. I wonder, and, and, and that's something I was wondering too, because but I, I wonder if it was because they were kind of like trying to give this message that the powers were given to the people of the land, yeah, and the, the Spanish uh, soldiers were not mm-hmm. from there, right? Um, I thought that was the message they were trying to convey, but I don't know. It's possible. Um, I mean, she didn't even realize she had powers until, um, Atrox was showing her like, you can do this Mm -hmm, too. mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, you're such a fast learner. So maybe they had powers too. And they just, you know, they had no reason to think that they would until it was too late. You know, they were still shooting their, their muskets. Um, I'd like to talk about the scene on the beach. Uh, where she goes mm-hmm. to save her people. Yep. Holy shit, that was so cool. <laughs> so badass. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. The music, the music was gorgeous. Ugh. Holy cow, oh, the amazing. song. The 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 music they used there was was incredible. The, the visuals of that was so cool. Mm-hmm. The way she was just... It was actually, you know what, weirdly, it sort of, at first sort of reminded me of at the beginning of Lord of the Rings, when you see Sauron just like plowing through people, <laughs> like you see him yeah, swing yeah, his yeah. club and then you just see like 70 people fly off into mm-hmm, the distance. Mm-hmm. Like she was doing that to the conquistadors. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Holy cow. And like the, the generals like ordering the, the ships out in the bay to like fired cannons at her and she's stopping cannonballs. And mm-hmm. oh my god, mm-hmm. it was just so 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 cool. Um, and then obviously at the end, like everybody, like part of the story was she wanted everybody who was there in the sky world to come back with her to help her people. They were so accustomed to living in peace and happiness away from everything that they didn't want to at first. But then she convinced them, and they came to to help her. But yeah, I thought that was I thought that was great. They ended up. And then they did the thing with Queen Isabella at the end. You know, Mm -hmm. I'll give credit to Queen Isabella. She was not freaked (laughs) out by their magic. Like, by their ability. She should have been, but she was not. She was just like, put me down. Um, Like, I'm not scared of this. And she, like, destroys her throne. Um, You know, but, like, her thing was like, you know, we're not going to do this stuff. We're not going to do this king, queen, ruler stuff no 
Um, weirdly enough, though, she was going to. I, it felt like she was going to force people into being peaceful by being more powerful than everybody else, which right, 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 right. isn't really peace. Like it's peace through fear. Peace yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, maybe maybe in time, uh, mm. they would have realized that she's benevolent because that that's the feeling I get. Like that's mm. who she was before. You know, that was her idea was like, this should have brought people together instead of tearing them apart. And yeah. that is the right you mindset know, power, to have. Power can corrupt people. so It absolutely can. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> We've seen yeah. it happen before. But anyway, yeah, I mm-hmm. love this episode. Uh, any final thoughts on it? Yeah, and, and what it would great. you give it? No, I, I really liked it. Um, it was, like I said, beautiful. And I loved how they told the story. Um, so I gave this four and a half. Yeah, I give this four and a half too. This is mm-hmm. easily my favorite episode of the season. It might be my yeah. favorite episode that What Ifs ever made. It might be. Uh, really? It might be. This I'd have to. It's been a while since I've watched season one, so I don't remember what my favorite episode just, was from that season. That, that the the Doctor Strange episode for season one is still my favorite. Oh, that was, that was really good. Yeah, with him yeah, trying to save amazing. Peggy over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. very good. Uh, yeah. um, this is right up there with it. I, I just thought this was mm-hmm. tremendous. Um, they created a really cool and interesting character right out of the gate. And like this is one of those things where it's like, I'd like to see the character live action too. Um, so we'll see if that happens. Devry Jacobs is the name of the actor who played Kahori. So... Mm-hmm. Let's just make that happen. I don't know how, but like, uh, and I know this was like in a different timeline or an alternate timeline, but yeah, I'd I'd be I'd be for yep. it. But yeah, I really like that yeah. episode for sure. Uh, okay, so we are just about done talking about what if there are three more episodes to go. But before we get there, uh, we we're gonna let a few days pass. We're gonna let you digest things a little bit, and in the meantime, especially if you haven't caught up yet, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, this is a listener-supported podcast, and there's some ways you can help out there. We have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/cinemageekly. We have our merch store, geeklymerch.com. The links for those are in the show notes for this episode. Um, of course, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hit subscribe. Uh, and that way you can join us next time where we will talk about the three final episodes of Season 2 of What If? What if Hela found the Ten Rings? What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? And what if Strange Supreme intervened?